0: It must be Zamsos growing in your yard, garden or barn. How's it going,
1: everybody? This is the Zamzos Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and I am so excited to be back in studio live with you all today. I hope, uh, you're having a great week. It's been, uh, it's been spring, which is really nice. It's been a nice change of pace this year to have, uh, have a spring unlike the feels like the last couple years where it just, suddenly got hot but uh yeah we've uh, it's been it's been nice and rainy this rain has been really helping out the lawns and the plants and uh unfortunately we still have uh you know we're still not out of the out of the woodwork when it comes to uh that drought um but we'll we'll we'll, we'll get through that we'll, we've got some things to help you out with that um let's see the first thing i want to talk about real quick uh next weekend is Mother's Day. So, dads, this is your reminder. Get out there. Make sure you uh, have a plan to get something for mom uh, this Mother's Day next week. Uh, It will be a week from tomorrow. So uh, it feels like it's early this year, Um, but that's when it is. So all the hanging baskets, the flowers, all that stuff, they're all heading towards the Zamzos near you. Uh, if you 've not checked out our baskets before it's uh it's a tradition for a reason we love hanging baskets we get great hanging baskets from a whole bunch of local growers and uh, and they are filling up the stores are filling up with uh hanging baskets and all sorts of things uh because we're getting close to planting season as well it's uh we're really close to that last frost date, which means it's kind of no you know, you know pedal to the metal it's time to start planting here pretty soon so and this rain and everything is going to help out with all that as well temperatures are a bit cooler which is also kind of nice slowing some things down when it comes to you know uh, weeds and, and other things it gives us a lot of time to catch up on some of that stuff so uh we'll get into some of those things here in just a bit it looks like we already got a phone call from mike in meridian so let's go ahead and go to mike how's it going mike how can i help you today
2: Thanks for taking the call. Uh, The reason I'm calling is I was just curious. uh, You just mentioned the uh, last frost date. I was curious if it would be um, feasible or reasonable to uncover the garlic that I have uh, growing under uh, leaf cover out in my raised
1: bed. Uh, Yeah, your garlic will be fine. Um, You know, garlic being uh, more like a bulb. Uh, they're coming up when they they're coming up when they know it's okay to start coming up so i I think you're fine to go ahead and remove some of that that cover i mean you could really you could leave it there if you wanted to a little bit it's still gonna give it a little bit of warmth and and be okay um but for for garlic absolutely i think you're you're just fine you don't need any extra protection for the garlic um which is not to say like other things are still gonna need plenty of protection we still have you know i i, I think I had a hard frost. I think it was Thursday morning or Wednesday morning. Um, so we're not out of that, uh, that yet, but, uh, but your garlic will be just fine.
2: All right. Very good. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, it's, uh, garlic is one of my favorite things to grow when I get a chance to. And, uh, cause I mean, who doesn't need more garlic? You just, you just, I think I use garlic every single day. Um, so yeah, let's see. We got, uh, Mother's Day is coming up. Guys, don't forget, grab something for mom, grab something for grandma, uh, whoever it is that you need to buy a Mother's Day gift for. There's lots of stuff to choose from at Zamzos. We got a lot of stuff and we'll have some sales going on, uh, starting next Thursday as well, kind of for that weekend or the fifth or one of those days. Don't hold me to that. It's one of those days there will be some sales starting, uh, but definitely the baskets are, are something to check out. Um, Let's see. We were talking about spring. Oh, yeah, the cooler temperatures. Those have been really nice. You know, it just feels like it's been up and down uh, just about every other day. Uh, You know, we get a nice sunny day, and it's it's looking good, and then the next day it's raining, which – uh, being a person from Portland, I always appreciate. I always like having a little bit of rain to, uh, you know. I I was trying to think about it. It's not like I'm like a the what is it the Charlie Brown cartoon that always had the cloud over his head. Is that was that Charlie Brown? I can't remember. I, th- I feel like it was. Maybe it's something else. Eeyore. Maybe it was Eeyore. Uh, you know, you you kind of for some people you kind of feel kind of down. I always feel a little bit better personally when it's raining a little bit. I don't know why. I think it's just because I, I grew up. <laughs> kind of kind of like a, a you know in in darkness for most of my life in Portland there um but I, I enjoy the rain and I always appreciate what it brings to us um but uh today we did have our uh our water wise lawn care class at all 13 zamzos and a lot of people have been asking about it it's been in the news constantly uh it feels like um, and we and we've been talking a lot about it uh, on the show as well. You know, it's something that's been consistent. And uh, despite this month of rain, when you really think about it, the deficit we've had when it comes to the water has been very substantial. You know, when you think about well, this one month isn't enough to bring back an entire year of well below average rainfall. Um, and I don't even know, I haven't even seen any kind of numbers, but I would imagine if anything were close to a normal, uh, year of rainfall this, uh, this April, I mean, as far as just April goes. So we had a, you know, relatively dry, uh, fall and a relatively dry winter. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we, we still have to really pay attention to this. It's something that's really important. And so, you know, we will talk about it more and more. I'm probably, I was planning on, I'm going to talk about it today actually as well, because I want to make sure if you didn't get a chance to go to the class today, um, I want to make sure. Uh, that you, you know, if you did want to go to the class and you weren't able to make it, we cover those things. But we can always talk about other things that are going on in the lawn or the garden. Anything that you might uh, be uh seeing or wondering about, I, I would absolutely love to talk to you about those things. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Like I said, I've got a couple of different things uh, kind of planned to talk about today. Um, but we can always get into a lot of other things as well, so um, let me start with this because of the rain, um, there are a couple of things that I want you to pay attention to, especially if you 've got uh fruit trees you know we talk uh, we tend to talk a lot about fruit trees and things, uh, but if you 've got apples, pears, um, even flowering pears that don 't produce um, produce any fruit, they just produce flour. Uh, anything in that family, uh, because we've had some cooler temperatures and some cooler rain, uh, you know, a lot of those things haven't completely leafed out yet. But we do have some conditions that are conducive to fire blight. Um, I haven't seen any reports uh, or had uh, anybody come in with fire blight yet uh, that I've talked to. But that doesn't mean that it can't happen. Uh, Because we do have those conditions present right now. So if you've got those plants, it's something to keep an eye on. It's probably worth grabbing a bottle of copper uh, fungicide. Uh, It's actually a fungicide and a bactericide, which is what your fire blight is actually, a bacteria. And with these cooler temperatures, it's probably a good idea to go, when you get a break in that rain, go spray your fruit trees as long as they're not flowering, as long as they're not in full bloom. Um, Is spraying those trees with that copper because that's going to protect those leaves and those new shoots from getting fire blight. Fire blight's probably one of the worst things. I mean, fire blight and borers are probably the two worst things you can get. And when it comes to those fruiting uh, and flowering trees... Fire blight is probably one of the worst things that you're going to have to deal with because it's very difficult to control once it gets in there. Um, I mean, almost, it's, it's, it's just it's very hard, and you just don't want to deal with it if you don't have to. So watch for those blooms to start falling, and as soon as they do, spray them with that copper because that's going to give you a layer of protection uh, from the fire blight spreading to your plants. It's very difficult to control, and a little bit of protection beforehand will help a whole lot. Um, Let's see, let's go ahead and go, uh, we want to go to the call, Tara? Okay, let's go ahead and go to uh, Betty in Weezer. Betty, how's it going? How can I help you today?
3: Good morning. I have uh, several raspberry plants in pots. Okay. My question is, do I need to repot them every year or... Or um, can I just leave them in uh so you,
1: there's a couple of things when you're using when you did did you repot them after you bought them, or are they in the same pot that you bought them with bought them in uh
3: no, I did repot them once i think okay so the, yeah you you don't have to you
1: won't necessarily have to repot them, but you will want to do uh add some uh, you, you need to get some more nutrients into that. soil because the potting soils, the things that you, the soil types that you use in a pot doesn't have a lot of nutrient in it. And it will take, the plant will take that out, use that up relatively, you know, typically within a season. So what I would recommend that you do, Betty is, uh, get some earthworm castings. Earthworm castings are great for kind of replenishing the soil that's in a pot. And, um, you can just, you know, if you have any room to kind of work it in a little bit, but I would just, you can typically just put it right on the top of the soil, uh, that's there. And then when you water it in, it's going to pull those nutrients down into the pot and uh, earthworm castings do a tremendous job. And then you'll just want to probably do something like some thrive, make sure it's fed because it's not going to, it's, it's kind of relying on you for those nutrients. You're going to have to replenish those on a regular basis to keep it thriving. Okay. All right. And then you may have to repot it after so long, you know, the roots might get too big. You might need to, you know, you could at those t- at that time, you can actually, you might be able to split it. Um, you know, uh, you can pull it out, cut it, you know, you can cut those roots up into a couple different pieces and actually repot each one. You'll have multiple raspberries at that point. So, all right. Thanks for what the call. Oh, what
3: time of year would I do that?
1: I would do that in the fall
3: okay. All right.
1: Thanks for the call, Betty. We got to hit the break there. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We'll be right back.
4: Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, here with my daughter, Raphael, who has some tips for other daughters on what to give their moms this Mother's Day. Thanks, Mom. It's become a tradition in the Treasure Valley to give your mom a beautiful hanging basket from Zamzo's. And this year, we have an incredible selection with multiple varieties of flowers. Oh, and don't worry, Mom. You're getting one this year. Why, thank you, Raffi. I'm impressed with your planning. But wait, there's more. More? Because you've been such a good mom, I'd like to get you something extra to go with your hanging basket, like a new pair of garden gloves. I'd love it. Or some new pruners? Always a great gift. Or a new wild bird feeder? Could certainly use another. But I know how much you love hanging baskets. And since ZAMZO's has such a huge selection this year, maybe I'll just get you two. Why, thanks, Rafi. Why are you being so generous this year? Are you angling for a bigger allowance? Maybe. Or since you're going to get your license this summer, a car? How about both? Rafi. Well, just like you say about our hanging baskets, go big or go home. Nobody
0: knows
2: like ZAMZO's.
0: News Talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI.
1: All right, we are back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and I was uh, off for a couple weeks, but I am live in studio Today. And uh, I would love to talk to you. If you've got something going on out in the lawn or garden, you have some questions, I would love to answer those questions or just talk to you about, you know, what you're excited about for this spring. You know, we're getting really close to planting time and uh, out in the garden in flowers and baskets and trees and all sorts of things are here and it's a great time to plant. So, Uh, I'd love to talk about those things as well. Give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, you know, we've been talking a lot about water conservation because it is something that um, a lot of people are concerned about. It's something we want to just keep paying attention to and just keep getting the the word out there because it's something that uh, is important. We want to make sure that everybody has the water that they need and uh, so we want to talk about some of those things today. We had our water class at all thirteen ZAMSOs today. So if you didn't weren't able to make it, or if you did make it and you have some uh, follow-up questions, you can absolutely do that. Give me a call 208-336-3700 or one 800 All right. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about um when it comes to you know getting your sprinklers ready for uh for the summer Uh, you know, a lot of folks are going to have like your automatic sprinklers. It's pretty much the norm anymore, but I'm sure there's a lot of places that don't have that still. Um, but the first thing you want to do, um, if you haven't done this already, it's okay. You can still do it now, but you definitely want to, uh, take some time, uh, and calibrate your water, your, your system, calibrate your automatic sprinklers, And if you don't have automatic sprinklers, you can actually still calibrate them. You know, whatever method you're using for your sprinklers, if you've got like, you know, one you're dragging around with a hose, you can still calibrate it. It's still really good information to have because you want to know how much water is getting out there. What we tend to find is a lot of people measure their watering in time, but that's not a good indicator of amount because there's so many variables when it comes to Uh, you know, the types of sprinklers that they, they put out different amounts of water over different amount, different amounts of time. For instance, a, a fan, you know, one that just pops up and it's just a static constant flow, Out of that sprinkler actually puts more water out in a shorter amount of time. When you look at a a pop-up gear-driven sprinkler, that one actually needs to run for a lot longer. It is putting out more water all at once, but you got to remember it's covering a much larger area. So to get enough water into the entire location, you need to run that sprinkler for a lot longer time. So it's not really about how long you run your sprinklers. It's really more about how much water is getting out there. So calibrating that system is really, really important. And it should be something you do at the beginning of spring every single year. The first time you turn those sprinklers on, as soon as that water gets turned on, you should kick them on. And uh, what you want to do is what we call a water audit kit or water audit. And we do have the kit at the stores Um, and and they make it really helpful, really easy to do. But basically what you're going to do is it comes with these cups. You're going to put the cups out into a zone of your system, and you're going to run that zone for just about 15 minutes. You don't need to run it for much longer than that. And uh, you want to be there. I want to stress this. Uh, you need to watch the sprinklers because if you just turn it on and walk away, you're missing a lot of information. Watching the sprinklers run is just good practice. You want to do that on occasion because what you'll find is that over time, there's lots of different things that can happen. Sometimes, you know, the sprinkler might be askew and it just isn't covering that spot quite enough. So you want to watch the sprinklers as you're doing this audit. Keep an eye on each one, and if you notice a problem, like it's you know it's not popping up all the way, or it's the fan that's coming out isn't fully uh, covering, like sometimes you can get some material stuck in there. Through the irrigation. Um, and those things are pretty easy to uh, fix. So you want to watch the sprinklers, run them for 15 minutes, and then you're going to look at how much water is in each of those cups. The nice thing about that kit is it's got a, uh, those cups have a little line. So it's actually going to tell you how much water got into that location. And then you always want to remember the amount of water that your lawn needs in a given week is only one inch. It's not that much water. You, and we really want to make sure we're only giving it the amount of water that it needs. So once you've done that, you know how much water's come out in that 15 minutes, and then you know how long you need to run your sprinkler. So start with figuring out how much water's coming out, and then you multiply up to get that out and you want to do it in as few waterings as possible. And we'll get into that here in just a moment. It looks like we have a phone call from Fred in Boise. Fred, how's it going? How can I help you today?
3: Yeah, it's going great. Um, I have a peach tree and a pear tree that have recently blossomed. Yeah. And I need to find out when I got some product from you guys for peach leaf curl. Yeah. It's a copper fungicide. Yes, sir. There... Uh, is this a good time to spray them obviously not during the rain but
1: yeah <laughs> um so yeah have they bloomed already i'm trying to th- i don't have a peach tree so i haven't been able to see that yet i know my cherry trees have bloomed already um yes and i think my they have okay so they, they still have blooms on them or have the blooms all fallen
3: uh Uh, the peach tree ones, they're starting to fall pretty good. The pear is hanging on to their blossoms.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think my pear still has a fair amount of blossoms. Now, your pear tree is not going to have to deal with peach leaf curl, but it will deal with a few other things. Um, It can get some scab and some uh, black spot on the uh, flowers. Also, uh, those are ones that are going to have to deal with that fire blight I was mentioning in the first segment. Um, But what you want to do is you want to wait for a, a dry period in between that. Once the flowers have fallen, you gotta wait till the flowers have fallen because you don't want to spray when uh the flowers are out and you could have bee activity. That's when pollination is happening. Once the flowers have dropped, that's when you know yeah. you've got pollination, the fruit has set, and the bees have moved on to something else. That's when you can start spraying those things. Particularly for peach leaf curl, you want to start watching for the leaves breaking through the buds. As soon as those leaves start to break through, that's when you want to start spraying as close as you can. To that time when you've got a break in that weather. Now you're going to want to do that while we have wet weather persisting through the spring, as uh, at least every ten days. Usually you might want to spray. If we have a really heavy rain, you might need to reapply, um, but it only needs to be applied and allowed to dry for about you know f- you know four or five hours uh, for it to protect. And then if we have a heavy rain, you'll want to apply again. But at least every 10 days until we're kind of through that wet weather, and that's going to help a lot with your peach leaf curl. Now, the other thing with peach leaf curl is you do want to uh, make sure that you are spraying again in the fall. Once the leaves have fallen, clean all those leaves up, throw them away. If you're dealing with peach leaf curl, it's a good idea to throw them away for a few years. Um, and spray once the leaves have fallen, that's actually going to give you a, a jump on that peach leaf curl because it can persist through the winter. Um, but usually just one application in the fall, and then again the following spring will really kind of help you get rid of that. Now on the the pear tree, as I mentioned, you're going to be dealing with fire blight, or you could be dealing with fire blight. So again, once those petals have fallen and you start to see those leaves come out, that's when you want to start spraying the copper. You're going to prevent that fire blight from going um typically with fire blight it's only going to be uh manageable in the spring but it is one that you definitely want to take care of fire blight is something technically is uncurable the tree will always have fire blight once it gets it it won't always show up every year um but you do want to make sure that you're treating for it as much as you can uh to prevent it but these cool wet temperatures are what really cause that or will get them to start showing up
3: Okay, yeah, that's good to know. Um, one more question if I can. Absolutely. Um boars that are uh basically work on the trunks of the trees on yeah. the base. Yeah. I have a Japanese maple, they're eating up pretty good. Can I hit that with just a regular insecticide to kill those?
1: So on an ornamental tree, uh like a maple. Um, I would actually, I would really recommend using, um, like the systemic control. Uh, those will help a lot with a lot of different bugs. It will give you some protection from certain types of borers, not all borers, to treat for the borers in some of those others. And your peach tree, just so you know, the peach tree can also get borers. There is the peach tree borer, which is very common in the valley. Um, but you will want to treat, typically you're gonna start treating around, uh, middle to end of May. And you're going to spray through, typically through July. Um, that's when the adult uh, borer is active. Um, it's going to be a moth uh, on the peach tree. The maples can get a couple other ones, which can be beetles and or moths. But typically for your peach, the peach leaf uh, or the peach borer is a moth. Um, but that that adult moth's going to be active typically from May through July. Um, it'll usually have two different... Um, uh, generations. So you're trying to control that by killing the adult moth. Some people will also use uh, moth flakes, mothball flakes, um, which is not quite <laughs> they're not quite That's not quite the right word but but yeah it's it's the same thing that makes up mothballs, but that's in a flake and you can actually put that around the base of the tree if you don't have like a dog or something like that you don't want to use that if you have a dog um but around the base of the tree actually repels a lot of those moths so that's another way that can kind of help keep those moths from coming around the trees that you want to protect
3: All righty. Well, hey, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, you got it. Thanks for the call, Fred. I appreciate that. Good luck this year, controlling those guys. If you'd like to be a part of the Zamzos Garden Show, I would love to talk to you. You can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI, and we'll be
0: right back. The Zamzos Garden Show will be back
4: right here on Newstalk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and a few years ago, my dad, Jim Zamzo, invented a revolutionary product for tomatoes called Tomato Boom. Well, the name he chose just had that certain sound to it, like you should be saying it through an echo chamber, as in tomato boom. Well you know that got me thinking. Is tomato boom a noun, or is it a verb, as in what it does for the plant? Because when you place one cup of it in the planting hole of every tomato you plant, what happens next? boom. Hey, that's kind of fun. So, what happens when you side dress every tomato you've planted every three weeks with half a cup of product? But the biggest payoff is when you taste the delicious, juicy, red ripe fruit right off the vine. There's only one thing you can say Was that a noun or was that a verb? I guess it doesn't matter, because just like a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, a tomato grown with my dad's famous food is always going to say.
0: from the empire title studios we are our news talk kdoi
1: all right we are back here in the zamzo's garden show i am your host nolan guthrie and uh we've been talking about taking care of the lawn doing some things let's go to we got a few phone calls coming up let's go to doug over in uh, meridian doug how's it going good to hear from you
5: good good to hear you back live again um As opposed to
1: yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah,
5: Uh, I enjoy those though. Um, The last one was really good.
1: Um, Oh, good. I think I can't even remember what it was.
5: (laughs) I I know it was good, but yeah, I can't remember. I know you were you had you were talking to Jaws and Callie.
1: Oh yeah, it might have been one about. Yeah, it was one we did a couple years ago, I think.
5: Um, Oh yeah, it was. It was about um, how to mow the lawns and raise your lawn mower blades high, and then drop one.
1: Yeah, to start out with.
5: And so I have that in my mind, as soon as I mow my lawn. (laughs) Good. It's gotten real tall. Yeah. Um, On the leaves, speaking the grass. Um, is it too late to put pre emergence
1: on? No, it is not actually. I forgot I was planning on mentioning that at the beginning and I didn't I, I, I kinda got a, away from myself there. But no, it is still you can still get pre emergence down. You know, some things are gonna start coming up already, like I you know, I've seen a lot of dandelions and stuff, and I like to leave the dandelions alone for a while. Um but uh hey, like
5: Brenda. For the
1: bees. Yeah, but in the but like things like crabgrass, because we've gotten some cooler temperatures, it's going to slow those down quite a bit, and those pre-emergents will still stop a lot of seed, and also it uh, the, it works as a post-emergent as well, so you can actually control that that crabgrass. So I would still, if you haven't haven't gotten it down, I would still definitely get it down, uh you know, as soon as you can, because that that clock is ticking. We are running out of time. It won't work forever, but. Um, we still have plenty of time to apply those pre-emergent, especially if you've got, uh, you know, you've been dealing with grubs in the in the past or chinch bugs. Get that uh, billbug preventer down now as well.
5: I don't think I, I can't remember if I put pre-emergent down already or not. Mm. I put a lot up uh, when I put the um, fertilizer down. Yeah, the first set. Um, the other one is the the trees. Um, mm. Last year, you were suggesting if. Um, there was a rain that could punch holes into the leaves.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The shot hole fungus. Shot hole fungus is what it's called. Primarily, you're only going to be dealing with that on things like flowering plums. And I can't... Do you have a flowering plum, like a red leaf? You do, yeah. Yeah, that shot hole will certainly show up once those leaves start to come up. You know, it's one of those things, like, it doesn't hurt the tree um, really. You know, it's, it's not very nice to look at. Um, but if you want to do something for that, you're going to use that same copper, um, as you would use for some of those other things that I was mentioning. Um, but you can, uh, uh, once those leaves start to come out and typically when I see shot hole fungus, it's kind of like a late rain, you know, once it's warmed up some, um, you know, you get a Mm -hmm. late rain that just magically shows up out in the, out of the middle of nowhere. And, uh, those are typically the, the, the times where I notice, uh, you'll start to see some shot hole fungus
5: is it like
1: a acidic rain or something is that why No it's just uh it's just uh it's actually it is a it is a fungus it just uh, attaches once the the droplets land on the the plant it just kind of goes and uh it just yeah just it's just a weird weird deal i don't i don't really know uh a lot about it it's one of those things like you know because it doesn't kill the tree the trees survive just fine without it. I don't think there's. I mean, there's certainly plenty of, in, you know, looking uh, articles and things about there. I've just never taken the time. <laughs> I probably should, huh?
5: Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Um, and well, then, I got some homework for um, for
1: you then, or Doug. I'll, I'll get on go. that.
5: <laughs> Back on the for like the pre-emergence. If I put it down already, can I do it another a layer of it?
1: You yes you can um, you know it's a good idea to wait a little bit um, I actually just looked this up uh, the product you can reseed after I think it was four to five weeks um, it technically lasts for about forty five to sixty days so um, you know if you put it down again it's not going to hurt anything oh, okay. Okay. can't remember well thanks for the call doug i appreciate it it was good to hear from you we got a whole bunch of calls stacking up here so let's keep on going let's go to tom in caldwell tom how's it going how can i help you today
6: oh pretty good i got some bulb questions okay um i planted some dahlias in pots uh about two weeks ago okay um they're in in the greenhouse uh, I, you know, I've never done that before. Should I be expecting something, or should I just...
1: No, not quite them? yet. They they will take a little bit of time. I think it's usually how long ago did you plant them?
6: Uh, about two weeks. Two I, weeks, yeah. You know, from my foggy memory.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's been a little bit cooler. I mean, Dahlia's is usually. I I don't know the exact like um, time to from putting in the ground to when they come up. I want to say it's at least two to three weeks. Um, what you might do, um, if you still got them out, you know, you still got them out there, what you might do is just do a little bit of excavation, pull some of that soil back. You might just be gentle with it and you might actually see some, uh, sprouts starting to come out. Um, but really what you want to do is just make sure that it hasn't rotted. Um, but chances are you're fine. The dahlias, you know, it's been, it's been a little bit on the cooler side, so I wouldn't expect them to have done too much. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of intermittent, you know, cloudy days and stuff and those, all those things kind of compound with each other to really get those, those, those spring bulbs pushing.
6: Oh, well, it's, it's been about 90 during the day and uh greenhouse
1: in the greenhouse yeah but is it still getting that sunlight that's the other thing it needs is that it's got to have that consistent sunlight but it it, it'll get there i wouldn't worry about it too much but like i said just uh do that little bit of excavation you might see them you know they might be starting to push a little bit and they're just taking their their sweet time Uh, and uh,
6: resisting that yeah usually just be just
1: be careful with it you don't yeah you (laughs) don't want to go you know in there with a shovel or anything but you know, just use your hands, just kinda of move it around a little bit and I'm I'm sure I'm sure they'll be just fine.
6: Okay, and I gotta is it uh, is it too early to put gladiola bulbs outside?
1: Have they already started coming up?
6: No, they're they're boxed up and from last fall.
1: Oh I see. Um yeah, you can I would actually too, yeah. Too early. I would go yeah, ahead barely. and put them out there because we're only, um, we're less than two, you know, like two weeks away from last frost. So I would go ahead and do it.
6: Okay, that's what I was hoping. Okay, well, that's all I got.
1: I appreciate the call, Tom. Good luck with those. We're going to go to a quick break. Bill and Connie, please stay on the line. I will come back to you here
0: on the last segment of the Zamzos Garden Show in just a moment. The Zamzos Garden Show will be back right here on Newstalk KBOI.
4: Hi, this is Joss Zamzo, and as you may have heard, there's a nationwide shortage of pottery, but not at Zamzo's. Last spring, our buyers saw that a shortage was coming, so they ordered a massive amount of pottery, and to coin a phrase, our ship has come in. In fact, we have so much pottery, both indoor and outdoor, that this is the largest selection of pottery we've ever carried in almost 90 years of business. So if you have house plants, patio plants, potted plants along the driveway, walkway, or any place else, Zamzo's has a pot to fit every plant. What's more, now through the end of May, all pottery at all 13 Samzos is 30% off. And if you're a member of our lawn program, you get an additional 10% off, which makes this the ideal time to replace those faded, cracked, and worn-out pots with dazzling new ones. But don't wait. At 30% off, many of these pots won't last long. So for Idaho's largest selection of pottery, both indoor and outdoor, shop now at your neighborhood Samzos.
0: Nobody knows like Samzo’s. Shelman live weekday afternoons from 3 to 7 on News Talk KBOI. All right
1: we are back for part 4 of the Zamzo's Garden Show I am your host Nolan Guthrie and uh, we are live we got a couple of callers who have been waiting patiently so let's get right back to that First up we got Bill in Meridian Bill how's it going how can I help you today
2: well, um, actually, I'm in good news. Oh, okay. Probably slurred, no. slurred my words, but that's irrelevant. Yeah, no worries. In any event, uh, my question is, I have a um, a number of large mature trees in my front yard, and of course, I got grass. Yeah. So, in terms of watering, I'm just wondering what your recommendations are. I know what I've done in the past is just water for like four or five hours straight, but just do it like a couple times a week or, or less.
1: Yeah, I... But, you're doing that amount of water. You probably don't even have to worry about doing it more than once a week, especially if you've got a lot of trees. I'm sure you got a lot of shade as well. Yeah, um, I And do. these are established trees? Oh, yeah.
2: They've yeah. been here for probably
1: 100 years. Yeah. 100 years old. You know, honestly, yeah. What kind of trees are they?
2: They're a variety. There's a couple of birch. Uh, there's two maple. Uh, there's two – oh, there's a black walnut. Mm. And there's one I don't
1: know what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds like a nice, uh, nice grouping of trees there. Um, you know, honestly, they're established. They're doing that. They're they're not going to need a whole lot of water from you. They'll be they'll have roots established out far enough that uh, the trees that at least themselves probably aren't worrying too much about the water that you put out there for them. Um, until the hottest part of the year is probably uh, like when your birch and your maple would probably want a little bit of water, but, um, but yeah, I would just, uh, I think watering, you know, for a long time uh, infrequently uh, should be plenty of water for those. And you got a little bit of shade, so the grass isn't going to need as much. It's not going to have as much demand. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for the most part you're doing all right. You might just, I think what you, what I would challenge you to do bill is maybe just see how long you can go without watering. And one of the things I was going to mention when it comes to watering that lawn, uh, wait till it starts to wilt just a little bit, till it starts to just look like it, it, it wants something to drink. It'll kind of take on a little bluish silvery cast. That's when you know the, the lawn, the grass needs that water. Wait till you see that, water it real heavy, and then wait till you see it again. You'll actually start to really feel that out and be able to, you know, find out how long you can let that grass grow without uh, any supplemental water.
2: Okay, man, and don't worry about the
1: trees, huh? No, your trees are going to be just fine, especially if you're getting any, you know, any amount of water on that grass. Um, you know, it's going to get in, especially the way you're doing it, it's going to go really deep. That's great for the lawn. Um, and that's how you would want to water a tree. But yeah, those, those trees, they're going to be just fine, uh, with whatever you're putting out on the lawn that deep. And uh, they're, they're established enough. They've got roots going out all the way around, and uh, they're going to have plenty of uh, sources for some water throughout the throughout the year.
2: Okay. Good enough. That's what I wanted to ask. So thank you very
1: much. Very good. Thanks for the call, Bill. I appreciate it. Um, it sounds like a great front yard. <laughs> uh, just lots of trees. And it looks like, let's see, let's go to Connie in uh, Meridian. Connie, how's it going? Good to hear from you.
6: Oh, hi. I'm doing wonderful. However, I started my cantaloupe too early inside. Oh. and should I just start new plants, or can I put these guys out? Are
1: they I'm just... Ready? Yeah, are they getting leggy.
6: <clears throat> yeah, they're starting to spread out. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. uh, you know, honestly, um, it's it's a little early, probably for uh, for cantaloupes. But if do you have some sort of frost protection you could put over them? Oh sure. Yeah, I would I would go ahead and plant them if they're getting kind of big, you know, harden them off first, you know, put them outside for just a little bit of time. Um, you know, yeah, for a few I've been doing
0: that Okay, good. A
1: week. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, so you're you're getting them mo hardened, hardened off. I would go ahead and, you know, once you're ready to plant them, I would go ahead and do it and just have that uh have that row cover or whatever you have to keep the frost off of them and just keep an eye on it cuz you know it can show up at any time it seems. Um, yeah, also and,
6: um do Brussels sprouts need to be pollinated to produce Brussels sprouts?
1: Well, that is a great question, Connie, and I will tell you honestly, I do not know. I don't think that they do. Um because I don't think they're a I don't are they a flower or is it just I you know, Connie, honestly, I do not know. I have not ever grown Brussels sprouts. I do I love eating them, which is something I as a <laughs> child I never thought I would say. Um, even, you know, probably 10 years ago, I didn't think I would say I like eating Brussels sprouts, but it's something that I have grown to. My wife did a really good job of making sure that I enjoy Brussels sprouts now. Um, and they are certainly worth it. Um, you know, I'll have to look into it, Connie. I, I don't, I don't actually know the answer to that one. If there's somebody out there that does, um, and can give us a call, we're just about out of time, but you can email me at, uh, zamzos at at zamzos.com. Um, if you know, and I will do a little bit of research on that, Connie, because I am not a hundred percent sure. I've not grown them myself. I've not really looked into it, um, but I should. Okay. So, sorry, Thank I can't you. answer that one for you.
6: <laughs> oh, that's how we learn things.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for the call, Connie. Appreciate it. I will go to work on that for you. Um, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I'll start researching as soon as I get home today. <laughs> Uh, all right. We've got a few minutes left. If you want to be a part of the show, you want to try to get in, you can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. You can also, as I mentioned, you can also reach me at uh, zamzos at zamzos.com. Those emails uh, do come to me. That's part of my other job with Zamzos uh, throughout the week. I do take care of those. Uh, we also, uh, during the these kind of weeks of the busy time around Mother's Day, um, we, the phones can get really busy at the stores. And so what we do is we turn on a live chat on our website. So if you can't get through, uh, the stores, um, on the phone, you can uh, go to our zamzos.com, go to our website and there will be a live chat feature there. Um, I will be participating in that. So, uh, you might see me there. If you have a question, you can find us there. You can also reach us at, uh, Facebook. Uh, or Instagram, um, my coworker Braxton watches our Instagram, and I keep an eye on the Facebook as amongst other things so there 's plenty of ways you can get in touch with me throughout the week if you ever have questions, and uh, I always enjoy getting a chance to talk to folks uh, you know whenever they have stuff going on. I do a lot of different types of work, but uh, you know when I get to help people with their lawns and their gardens, um, I always enjoy those sorts of things, helping people figure that kind of stuff out so Um, All right. Just just a little bit of time left. Uh, So I don't really want to get into a whole bunch more, but I appreciate you all calling in today. I will be off uh, again. I apologize. I will be off again for another two weeks. Um, I've got some family things. Uh, I don't want to obviously I don't want to air the laundry here, but uh, do have some family things that uh, have come up and uh, I will have to uh, be out of town a little bit uh, for taking care of those. Uh, so I apologize for that, but we do have two new shows coming up. Uh, I recorded a show with Callie and Faye Zamzo, which should be a lot of fun. That'll be actually airing next week. Uh, we got to talk about hanging baskets and flowers and stuff, and that, uh, was a fun show to make with them. And, uh, then after that, I think, uh, we might have a, an older show or something that I just recorded with, uh, Joss, another, uh, show I recorded with Joss Zamzo. Uh, the week after that. So I appreciate you all uh, giving me that time. I'm sorry I can't be here live, uh, but I will talk to you again soon uh, here on the Zamzos Garden Show. And like I said, if you ever have any questions, you can always reach me at zamzos.com. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. We'll talk to you again soon.
4: Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and even with the moisture we've been receiving, we may be in for another year of drought. But one way you can use less water and have a better looking lawn is to get on the Zamzo's Lawn Program. You see, our biologically correct lawn products all help to build the soil, which in turn helps to build your lawn's water battery. Healthy soils contain billions of living organisms, which are made mostly of water. So the healthier your soil, the better your lawn will handle the drought. Plus in this tight economy, Zamzo's Lawn Program saves you money by giving you a thick green lawn that's less prone to insects, weeds, and disease. And when you join Zamzo's lawn program, you get 10% off any other lawn and garden supplies or plants for the rest of the year. With Zamzo's lawn program, you get five applications for one low price, and you don't have to be on the program to use our fertilizer. So this year, don't use chemical lawn food or a chemical lawn service. Hire yourself, save money, save water, and have a beautiful green lawn the safe and natural way with help from us at Zamzo's.